0: Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at My ID Care Identity Protection. The Equifax breach gave identity thieves access to the personal data for millions of Americans. Now's the time to protect yourself. Twenty five million Americans rely on My ID Care, and right now, our dozens of listeners can get fifteen percent off. Go to myidcare.com fool to enroll. It's Thursday, December seventh. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. joining me in studio today. It's been a while, Investor at Large, Tim Hanson. Thanks did, for being. Did I do something wrong? <laughs> you're busy. <laughs> not that, not that the other people aren't busy. What does but... that say about poor Jason Moser? No, That's... I'm just kidding. <laughs> Everybody's busy, but you know, you're. It's good to see you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being here. Pleasure. Uh, we got a we got a couple of things to get into, um, including what you've been working on, and uh, and and I want to get to what appears to be your latest personal financial decision, which you tweeted about. But let's start with Lululemon Athletica. Thanks for following me on Twitter. I love following you on Twitter. That's great. I appreciate that. Here's why I love following you on Twitter. You don't tweet all that often. Yeah. So, when you do, it's, it's valuable stuff. It's fun stuff and it's a good mix. I try. Uh, th- get those... bang for my buck. That's, that's how I try to run my life. There's, Do as little as possible but make it all meaningful. There are some people that I've had to stop uh, people that I genuinely like a great deal who I had to stop following on Twitter <laughs> because they tweet too much. Does it rhyme with till Han? Um it it, it uh, let me put it this way. Um I stopped following <laughs> someone who uh, it was revealed by our producer Dan Boyd on last week's bonus episode. This person blocked him on Twitter. Oh. And for those who may not have caught the bonus episode, which uh, if you've got an hour and eight minutes to kill, I highly recommend it. It's some fun stuff. But Dan, just in case folks didn't listen, uh, what prominent? I hope it's Trump. Is it Trump? No. Oh no! You might you might like this even more. What prominent financial media personality blocked you on Twitter? Why, Chris? That would be Morgan Housel. <laughs> wow. And we don't know why. Wow. Which to me makes it even better. Absolutely. That's incredible. We're already far afield. God, it's like Barker's in the studio. <laughs> Actually,
1: you know how I figured that out? It was a conversation between you, Tim, and him a few weeks ago or last month or something. Oh, okay. Because I saw your tweets and I couldn't see who you're responding to. And I was like, who's he responding
0: to? Oh, and then I figured boy. it out. It was Morgan.
1: <laughs> That's a hard way to find out, too. That's like catching your girlfriend on a date with another person.
0: Oof. I thought we had something. Honey. Yeah, exactly. Let's get back to Little Lemon Athletica. Um, they had, they had some pretty good third quarter results, but it was their guidance for the holiday quarter that really is pushing the stock up eight percent. The stock's now at a fifty-two week high. Seems like they're having some success in men's apparel, which is which is great. And uh, but I, I'm I am most curious about this, and that is how are you feeling about holiday retail because this is something we've talked about on this podcast on Motley Fool Money. I don't want to jinx things, but it does seem like this is one more retailer that is coming out and stating, for the record, that they feel pretty good about their prospects, which gives me some encouragement.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a very positive holiday season. I mean, all the indicators seem to point to strong consumer confidence. People opening up their pocketbooks for spending. Um, so when you when you refer to retail, as sort of like writ large, people buying stuff. Like I think it's going to be a good a good season. Having said that, I think within the retail space, um, there there are going to be definite winners and losers. I mean, Lululemon sticks out. Uh, because of its recent strong performance relative to companies like Under Armour and Nike who have been struggling a little bit, even though you'd argue that they're in the same sort of premium sportswear space. And I think what it comes down to is, You want um, a retailer who's not not in the mall because I don't think people are shopping at at malls as much anymore. They're shopping on High Street, you know, more of destination shopping, downtown type store. And Lululemon obviously has a lot of boutiques in that type of place, or they're shopping online. So you want to have a strong direct-to-consumer presence, and then additionally, you know, online there's a lot of comparison shopping. So if you're going to be have in order to have a strong and profitable DTC business you've got to have a good brand because you got you can't stick out by pricing because it's just discounting everywhere you've got to stick out and people've got to be seeking out your product it's got to be specialized and differentiated and you know lululemon has an up and down history in that regard but apparently you know right now they're on one of the on the rise a little bit
0: well and particularly in comparison to as you said nike and under armour because you can go back 3 or 4 years and uh, I think it was about that time that those two companies were starting to get into the yoga. <laughs> they looked at Lululemon Athletica and what they were doing with yoga wear, and and I don't like this word, but athleisure wear, sure. yep. <clears throat> and said, oh, we can do that. And People thought, well, if, if Under Armour has a good brand, Nike has a good brand, if they're going to sell $60 yoga pants as opposed to $100 yoga pants, then they're going to win out. And Lululemon really does seem to have some pricing power, along with, as you said, the operational excellence that they're demonstrating right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Under Armour, though, also from a pricing perspective, uh, shot themselves in the foot a little bit. If I recall correctly, you know, they had had Dick's, Re- Dick's Sporting Goods as sort of a, um, a exclusive retailer of their wares, and then in the pursuit of sales growth, I think they brought on one of the discounters like Marshalls or, or uh, TJ Maxx or one of those types of stores, and they gave they them the same inventory, and so the, the, the discerning shopper <laughs> could either pay full price. At Dick's or less price at, at at that other shop, obviously they went to the other place, which cannibalized Dick's sales, um, made you know obviously hurt that partnership between the two companies, which I think Under Armour is still trying to recover from, and then also compromised the brand power there as well. So, you know, when when you when you stick with margins, uh, you're gonna have you're gonna suffer a little sales girl at times, but it, I think from a long term perspective, it's the way to go.
0: Here's the tweet that I was referring to from Tim Hansen's Twitter feed. JP Morgan has. Uh, so you you had tweeted out this uh, uh, a cli- oh, the headline, yeah. Uh, the headline that JP Morgan has a new short idea: Tesla shares to fall forty percent in twelve months. That's a pretty that's a pretty bold move by JP Morgan because Tesla. I'm not saying that that stock won't fall forty percent in the next twelve months, but I just would have no interest in. In shorting that stock, and yet, not that you're—I don't think you're shorting it. No, but, not shorting the stock. But um,
1: little option play for you? Yeah, I got some puts. I, it's almost like J.P. Morgan has been um, reading my email. Because <laughs> no, I've got—I've got full disclosure. I've got uh, two two sets. I've got January 2019 $150 puts. So that, that means Tesla has to fall about 50%. And then I've got January 2020 $50 puts. So that's obviously Tesla's got to fall a lot more of that. Now they're—they're they're cheap. It's not a lot of capital. At risk to make many multiples on your on your investment, but I think you know. I think the case for it is just I think Tesla's got a reckoning coming on its balance sheet. Um, They've got um, they're burning through about a billion dollars every quarter. Um, They've got cash on hand right now of about three point five billion, and another five hundred million on a credit line. So that's four billion. One times four is four. So they've got about a year's worth of cash left. (laughs) I checked the math on that. Um Bloomberg had a piece out that said they think Tesla's going to run out of cash uh, on August 6th
0: I, of next year. I saw that. They got it down to the exact day. The exact
1: day and you know and and um you know in the past Tesla's been able to Handle the situation because they continue to raise more and more money. They sell equity to you know very uh, excited shareholders, or they've been able to sell convertible debt and so on and so forth. Well, that convertible debt is starting to come due. They've got a billion of it, almost a billion of it due in March of 2019, and the strike price or the conversion price on that is about 360 dollars a share. So they're at 300 now. Um, If they if they need to fill this cash hole by selling stock, odds are stocks going to come down. That looks like that debt is going to have to be repaid rather than get converted as they. Uh, had in the past or expected in the past. Um, and then, you know, additionally, they've got more convertible coming in after that. The last time they went out to get capital, uh, it was August of, um, I think it might have been August of 2015, or the most recent capital raising. Um, they had to raise money at 5.3%, which is a relatively high interest rate relative to uh, what, we're what other right people now. are getting right now. And obviously, they've had trouble with the Model 3 getting out, it's not at scale. Did some research. Um, It's not clear they've even got the permits to produce as many Model Threes as they're targeting to produce. So I think you know if this stuff, you know, and and at the end of the day, that seems
0: like a box you'd want to
1: check. Yeah, it does. But although you know this is a company that you know, as great as people perceive Elon Musk to be, he does, and his companies do have a track record for overpromising and underdelivering. Or, you know, in the case of the you know the X Wing Tesla having serious production setbacks as they try to get it to to scale. So. Buying, you know, the thing about options, timing matters. If you're right, but the time go- expires before you're right, you lose. Um, and I think in Tesla's case, they've been able to keep pushing time out, um, you know, pushing that reckoning farther out on the calendar. But I think the, you know, the combination of Model 3 struggles, debt starting to come due, them clearly needing to raise money in a somewhat of a distressed situation, um, I-, I think it means bad things for the equity because, obviously, common stock. When things go awry, it comes
0: last. And it's not to say that they can't raise more money sometime in 2018. It's just that the terms probably won't be what they're looking for.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, if they weren't able to sell a convertible last time, it leads me to believe that the market for people buying convertible debt from Tesla is not there. Um, so they're looking at, you know, straight debt. Um, if they got 5.3 last time, this time would be higher. You know, interest rates are up and the company is in less good condition um, you know if they do choose to sell a whole lot of equity well below the uh, conversion prices of that convertible debt um, I mean just to give you a sense like they've got convertibles you know I mean they've got a, another tranche of 1.4 billion dollars of convertibles at 360 coming due in March of 2021 if they sell I mean it looks like they've got a five or six billion dollar hole to fill which is you know big <laughs> and um, I think it's about ten percent of their market cap um, you know if you sell that much equity the stock is obviously going to drop
0: before we move on I want to say thanks to our friends at my id care the holidays, you got more transactions and more opportunities for cyber criminals to take their little piece of the action. So it's more important than ever to protect yourself. And my ID care covers all types of identity theft, from medical ID theft to child identity theft. They got you covered. You get 24 7 credit monitoring, dark web monitoring, and a 100% success rate restoring identities. You want to enjoy the holidays, you don't want to be worrying about this stuff. Come on. <laughs> And for our dozens of listeners, you can get a 15% discount if you sign up today. So join the more than 25 million Americans who depend on My ID Care for protection. Go to MyIDCare.com. Fool. Uh, here's another thing you tweeted out recently, and this is something you have been working on, uh, which I've, I've been curious about, um, and it is the Fool 100 Index. Yes. So working backwards on that phrase, Best I can discern, this appears to be an index of 100 stocks in the Motley Fool universe. do I have that right? You nailed it. Okay, and I'm glad the name is <laughs> conveniently I, interpretable. I appreciate that. <laughs> Increasingly, I, I forget who I was talking to you recently, and I don't even remember what the topic was. But I just remember being confused by whatever was was being presented, and sure. I just said, I, "I don't, I don't know what that is." Just call it what it is. Just call it. Just, just tell me what this thing is. Um, to the extent that you can share details, what what is the, what is the Fool One Hundred Index? Yeah, the Fool Index Hundred Index is live. It's
1: being published daily. Um, it's a strategy index. You know, not unlike um, you know S and P Five Hundred or S and P One Hundred Growth or something like that. And basically, what it is is it's a market cap weighted index of the of the Fools. Um, you know. Top 100, um, I should say, the 100 largest ideas that the Fool has a positive opinion of. So we take it all the research services we have, and we use our Fool IQ database to create a list of a constrained universe of stocks that we say, "Hey, the Motley Fool thinks these are all good stocks." We take the 100 largest, market cap weight them into an index. Um, we've back tested that performance back to uh, 2007, and it's it's outperformed the S and P 500 by a little more than um, 250 basis points annually, which is which is pretty solid. Um, and, and basically what it you know, it, it does what any index is, is supposed to do. It's supposed to reflect the general performance of the full investing universe. Um, what you can do with that on the flip side is you can, you know, you Chris can compare yourselves against us and say, I can beat the fool, or I can't beat the fool. How come I'm not running my own service? I'm crushing this <laughs> index. <laughs> um, you know, additionally, you can use it. You know, when you say the market's up today, you can look at the full 100 and say the full 100 is is up or down. And then, additionally, because it's a market cap weighted index, it's rebalanced quarterly. Um, it's completely investable. So it could be used as the source of an index linked um, investing product like an ETF or something like that in the future. Obviously, passive investing is. Um, the rage with the kids these days, so you know, having something uh, that that can potentially serve that market, I think, is, is interesting for us.
0: If you want more details, you can go to fool100.com and that's fool100.com. Interesting stuff uh, from Yeah, you Tim can Tan see the methodology,
1: constituent, what's in it, how it's done, all that stuff.
0: A couple of housekeeping notes before we wrap up uh, this weekend on Motley Fool Money. Robert Brokamp, retirement expert here at the Fool, is going to be our guest. We'll talk about some end of year investing tips. Uh, also, a reminder that tomorrow, Friday, December eighth, we're going to be taping Motley Fool Money at Chatter in Washington D.C. This is at fifty two forty seven Wisconsin Avenue in Northwest D.C. Uh, so come on by. We're going to be we're going to start taping around eleven thirty in the morning, and then stick around have a bite to eat afterwards. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it will be fun. <laughs> Speaking of fun, Sunday morning, are you are you are you doing this race? I think I'm going to pass. I yeah. think I'm going to pass. It looks cold and my legs are tired. So I deferred making a decision
1: until the last possible moment.
0: See, I thought so this is Pacers, which is a wonderful local DC chain of running apparel, running shoes, stores. Pacers also puts on several races every year. They do the GW Parkway race in April that you and I have done, which is a a great race. And there's a race this Sunday in Washington, D.C., the Jingle All the Way. There's a 5K race and a 15K race. I thought you were hedging your bets on whether or not to race because of the notice that Pacers sent out that the race might not happen if there's a government shutdown because ah! because the race is happening part of the race, part or all of the race is on federal property. So there was like, oh, by the way, uh, Friday night at uh, at midnight, the government runs out of money, and if there's if there's no uh, if the government is shut down, then we can't have the race. So I thought that's why you were hedging your bets. I mean, that, it's really that
1: adds to my hedge right
0: there. <laughs> but it's the cold.
1: It's the cold, and, you know, I, I went out and uh, did the turkey trot over Thanksgiving, left it all out there, and my legs have not quite recovered since then. <laughs> and your but legs are angry. I was very happy with that. That had a good result, so I'm giving myself a, a week off.
0: All right. Tim Hansen, follow him on Twitter. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks, guys. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.
2: Applesauce versus sour cream. Applesauce or sour cream? It's the choice you're going to have to make which to put on your. You have to make it. All right, listen up. One has fruit and one has milk. If you're lactose intolerant, then take a pill now. It's the choice you're gonna have to make. The grease is starting to coagulate. Your lawyer called, said everything's fine. Potato contracts have been signed. Yeah, I think your heart just skipped a beat. treat now Life has many decisions It moves in all directions This is just what you